This is the 2TM News Podcast with Jack Howard and Tim Coates. Thanks to Supersteel. If it's happened in the news over the last week, you'll hear Jack and Tim discuss it right here on the 2TM News Podcast. Thanks to Supersteel Tamworth, providing quality steel products, excellent customer service, along with cutting, bundling and prompt delivery. There's steel and then there's Supersteel. Welcome to another episode of the 2TM News Podcast. I'm Jack Howard and as always across the desk from me is Tim Coates. Good afternoon, Tim. Hey, Jack. Head on. I'm very well, thanks. I probably shouldn't say as always considering you're just about to go overseas for a while. Yeah, leaving on a jet plane, but I won't sing it. <laughs> well, I, I probably jinx myself, but a couple of more weeks with the two of us together and when you come back, it'll be interesting to see how far along our favourite topic is. But again, it's all about water today, Tim. Look, it'll be a much better show because you'll be running it by yourself <laughs> and the water topic will still be around I, I unfortunately think so I hate to say it but I think you are right there Tim but a very big week on the waterfront we've just seen the very first regional water supply task force meeting which is predominantly consists of 13 members from across multiple sectors to discuss water and we're now joined by the chair of that task force who also happens to be the mayor of the Tamworth Regional Council it's a very good afternoon to Cole Murray good afternoon Jack and Tim how are you mate yeah, good, thank you. Right, uh, the task force, um, we did talk to Kevin in our last podcast about the, Kevin Anderson, the, about the pipeline from Chaffee and the exploration for the geotech for the Dungown upgrade. Um, great to see a task force. Um, why and, and why at this time did you need to feel, well, feel the need to, to set it up? Um, Tim, as you know, we've got our drought management plan, which has um, been uh, in since 2015. And... That plan has, uh, I think it's served the city well, and, and but the task force actually is, a, I guess, an extension of that plan or a, or a finessing of that plan once we reach level five restrictions. The, um, the task force considers just what the implications are on the city from there on in, and we have around the table some senior members from uh, emergency services, some uh, senior officials from New South Wales government agencies, from education, from health, and also representatives of the uh, three large water-using uh, abattoir companies. Now, you guys had your first meeting uh, this week. Uh, 13 people, I believe, are so far signed up for that task force. Cole, can you just run us through what was on the uh, very first agenda? Yes, well, we just... Um, first of all, obviously, we introduced ourselves and um, who we represented and, and uh, what role we had to play. The second item on the agenda was to uh, discuss and agree to the terms of reference, and that describes, um, you know, how the the how the, the the group, the task force, works, and what sorts of things they considered, and um, and then we sort of had a broad discussion about, you know, more about the I guess the role of the task force and. Um, uh, how everyone had input into it, and um, how how the uh, you know the, the broader range of um, represent representative representatives helps uh, helps the council as we or if we draw down into tighter restrictions, and and you know what might be a further trigger uh, within level five of say fifteen percent, ten percent, five percent, for example. They haven't been decided yet, those uh, potential triggers, but it was just a, a broader discussion. And also um, there was agreement with um, once we got to a, down into the low single-digit 
numbers of percentages, uh, maybe 3% or 4% or 5% or whatever the case may be, about uh, basically the handover to the emergency services or the local emergency management uh, officer, who is the um, uh, uh, Inspector Jeff Budd from uh, from the New South Wales Police. And I guess that's a process to, to, you know, when it's really, really dire circumstances and it's emergency management and... Um, it's considered appropriate that, um, you know, the emergency services take over then. So, Carl, uh, simply putting it, it sounds like this task force has predominantly been set up now to prepare for the worst and to prepare for what were to happen if we start to go down into single-digit capacity of Chaffee Dam and maybe even worse than that. Uh, all the Could you run us through all the different people who were represented there? Yes, well, we had um, a representative from education, from... Um, their northwest division and uh, mainly with concerns for assets and uh, that's people who look after things like uh, school playgrounds etc. We had a uh, representative from New South Wales Health up from Newcastle uh, to talk about you know any health related uh, uh, aspects or issues. Then we had a uh, representative from Department of Premier and Cabinet. We had um, representatives from Adelaide from Thomas Foods uh, two representatives came up there, senior representatives from the company. Uh, we had, uh, you know, the operations managers for uh, both Biata and, and Peas uh, Abattoirs, which is a beef abattoir, uh, as well as some, um, you know, professional staff from the council. So it was a pretty broad range of people. Yeah, look, it's it's it's, it's a um, a serious issue, and I guess the drought management plan back in 2015 didn't actually think about. Well, nobody thought about going down to to single digits again, did they? With the increased no, capacity. Uh, if you remember, then we were down to eight uh, percent capacity. Yeah. And that was a smaller dam, and I think we've got to remind ourselves, Tim, that we're still only at twenty two percent of a much larger dam. So we've actually. Exactly. You know, we actually have a lot more water in storage and, um, you know, I'd just like to reassure the community that we're not about to run out of water in the next six months or 12 months. And the initiatives that uh, the New South Wales government have, um, you know, have got in play now to um, put the temporary weir and pump station in and further the pipeline will really secure, you know, in my view, probably at least another year's supply out of the dam. So... You know, I think they're, they're wise moves, they're essential moves and, um, you know, a city like Tamworth, you just can't cart the water in in trucks and uh, if you were to, where would you cart it from? Well, that's, I mean, that's the, the thing. Last time, I think, back in 2627, we were talking about bottled water at the railway station. Um, we're a long way from that. I think we were looking at, what, 4.5 gigalitres of water. This time we're looking at about 22 gigalitres of water. It's a completely different scenario at this stage, isn't it? It is, Tim, but, um, you know, we did learn a, uh, learn a fair bit um, back in 2007 and um, I think this is this is a good initiative. I think it's been really well received by the community and, and, and the other thing I think that's, um, you know, it's people are comforted that there is an extension to the current plan and that we've got, um, you know, some more experts around the table to just... Consider what those, um, you know, if, if it does get to really harsh impacts, what impacts those 
those decisions might make on you know different industries and agencies etc Cole having all uh, a lot of different players at one table uh, meeting once a month now to address this issue which is on everybody's mind does that stop passing the blame now and uh, you know everybody who is responsible in one sense or another should be at this meeting so as a task force you guys can foot the uh, with the blame and if there anything if there's any issues coming out of how we are going about our current water issues or moving or that doing that moving forward, there's no sense of it's his job or her job anymore. No, Jack. We've, um, it's it's great to have you know that that uh, respectful and experienced input into the into the situation, and you know the the task force essentially um, it's there to advise council on what to do, and uh, well. Um, uh, until you know, until the situation is actually handed over to the um, to the the LEMO, the local emergency management officer. Um, but at, at, in those interim stages, and that's you know that's at least a couple of years away, I would suggest. But um, I think what's important now is that we've got the right people around the table to consider the impacts of any decision, so that. You know um, that, that, that there can be no sort of unforeseen consequences uh, out of any of the decision making with relation to the you know provision of town water. Yeah, and I think the other important thing is it shows that there's a there's a reasonable, uh, responsible approach to this. Not like some um, forms of media. I know you uh, came across something from a, a one media outlet that sort of said someone standing in a bucket taking a shower it's, it's, it's a bit ridiculous isn't it that sort of stuff it at the moment them. And, and for you know for organisations like ABC to be you know coming on the airwaves and suggesting that Tamworth's only got six months left of water is, or 12 months left of water is just it's um, pretty poor form and Tim the other interesting thing about this as far as um, we understand there's no other local government body that's come forward with a you know with a task force approach like we're having here and there's a lot of other towns and um, um, you know cities and villages that are in a far worse state with water than Tamworth is so I think um, you know full marks to all the participants it's great to see that they're you know they're they're rolling their sleeves up and uh, coming together to really get the very very best out of you know what might end up a poor situation. Well I think it's the one thing that Tamworth likes to be noted for Cole is um, setting a being the benchmark and I mean it is um, great to see that we're at the forefront but what you know it also reflects differently I suppose on other organisations that are saying for 12 months two years help us we've got no water um, Lord helps those who help themselves don't they? Yeah look it is and, and I guess you know as you think from some of the other smaller towns who you know it may be an option to um, to cart water it's pretty serious here and um yeah, but at least it gets us through a couple of a couple of more um, you know monsoon seasons potentially uh, with the measures that are already being considered now, and I think that's probably most likely where the the water might come from. And um, you know, it was a bit of a with a bit of a chuckle, but uh, it was also suggested that it'd be great to see you know um, uh, the evacuation of the cam- country music campers with a an imminent flood uh, in January next year and um, you know that was a bit of a, a bit of a um, a soft line but uh, you know how good would that be to uh, to yeah, have to remove all those campers with a flood coming down the river 
It'd be just a bit really funny, wouldn't it? I mean, rather than you opening the camping grounds, I could see you just turning the other way around and telling the water to hold back for the King Canute approach. I just just quirked into my brain, that was all. Cole, uh, the Tamworth residents have been condoned for how well they have reduced their amount of water consumption. It's been a great effort looking at some of the statistics. But looking ahead now, we're almost finished winter and we're starting to go into our hotter months again. Uh, is there a real worry around summer? We're looking at 35, 40 degree days with the evaporation on the dam as well as bringing into play things like evaporative cooling. Yeah, Jack, you've hit the nail right on the head there and, and that's one of the things that, um, you know, before the hot weather arrives, the task force will be revisiting the evaporative cooler uh, implications. Uh, whilst we can't control the evaporation on the dam, we can control, you know, the, that high water or relatively high water use that uh, evaporative coolers might bring and you know, that's something that um, Council did did originally in, in the first draft of its uh, drought management plan have a restriction on the use of evap coolers but you know it was considered the difficulties and the challenges of trying to police that and how we manage that but certainly it did come up yesterday and it's something that um, you know the the task force would like to reconsider so evaporative coolers do use quite a bit of water and um um, you know, there will be implications for for uh, many people out of a decision like that, and that's exactly why we've got the you know the depth and breadth of the membership of the task force to assist uh, with that advice. And I guess that's a, a major one to try and implement and trying to reason with the Tamworth population to implement. Uh, you know, the last thing you want to do is to be sweltering through a summer. So it, it is a difficult one and uh, I'm sure that will be a head scratcher for a couple of months to come for you guys. Yeah, it sure will, Jack. And uh, anything you can do to uh, better predict when this next big fall of rain and uh, that replenishes our water supply... Anything you're able to do would be much appreciated there, I can assure you. Yeah, look, they tell me Bruce Logan's got a mortgage on this. I think 267 era, he sort of said, I think his solution in the end was basically pray for rain, and it did for about three months. Yeah, uh, it did, and, yep. <laughs> and I asked him for the winner of the Melbourne Cup, but he couldn't help me. Yeah. Now, look, I think uh, we've still got a bit to learn with regards to weather forecasting. We do. But um, we what do. we can do, though, is... We can put together the very, very best plan that we're able to, and I think that's, um, you know, that's what really resonates with the experience around the table uh, within the task force. And it's probably great to hear that that task force is doing that. Also, probably a relief from council that you guys were able to very uh, efficiently uh, shut down all the talk and chitter chat about the uh, possibility of cancelling the country music festival because of its uh, so-called water wastage, which realistically isn't an impact at all. No, Jack. The um, you know the actual impact of the festival on the in terms of what um, what reduction in availability of water it might present is about you know about the equivalent of four to six hours. So normal use of the city under under uh, level four restrictions. So it's not a big impact. But one of the other interesting things, Jack, and, and we had a, a graph presented to the uh, task force. And it describes the water use of Tamworth since uh, the very early 1990s, and we're actually using marginally less uh, water now uh, than we were back in, you know, 25 years ago. I think that's that's a great endorsement of how not only the residents, but how um, you know big businesses has better managed water, and as you know, our population's grown 
significantly in that time and uh, you know 20 years 25 years equals nearly 20,000 people um, you know and we're still using roughly the same same uh, megalitres of water now as what we were then big endorsement on 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 people's you know better management and better use and full marks to all the citizens and the businesses yeah look the high water users back in that you know, 12 years ago and we had the same sort of an issue facing us. Um, what they did and reduced consumption by 20, 25% and they've continued to do so. Uh, and in fact, Council's got a lot uh, smarter with its use of water for sporting fields as well. Um, you know, there's lots of leaps forwards with different thinking, technologies, and, you know, the next conversation, and it's probably not today's topic, but is that uh, the effluent reuse water, what can we do with that going forward is, is probably the next part of the jigsaw. Yeah, it certainly is, Tim. And, uh, you know, in, in amongst all this mix is potentially Dungeon Dam because the real solution to these prolonged droughts is actually more water storage there. Yeah. You know, it's very difficult to come up with another realistic solution. And, um, um, you know, the treatment or recycling of, um, of um, water for, for, you know, for domestic use is, is a pretty big topic. And uh, But that's something. I think we've actually got a, a workshop planned in the next week uh, for Council to start that discussion uh, internally. Uh, just what the implications are. It's not suggesting that we're going to move down that path, but it's just, um, you know, just so the councillors have a better understanding of, you know, what's being done out there in the industry and what types of, um, you know, there's different types of recycling. Council already recycles water now for uh, farm use and for, for irrigation with our effluent reuse farm, but, you know, what the next iteration of that might be. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. And we look forward to uh, catching up with you in a couple of weeks' time to find out all about that one as well, Carl. Yeah, sure, Jack. Uh, yeah, certainly would be very happy with that. Mate, we thank you for taking the time, and I think it, this dispels a few of those myths, and uh, we're going to take it on. I mean, a lot of people have taken on as being a, a thing that needs to happen, and uh, we're going to give you the platform. So anytime you want to get a message out there, give us a call. Thanks very much, Tim, and thanks, Jack. We do appreciate it. Thank you very much, Cole. You have a good one. That was Cole Murray, the Mayor of the Tamworth Regional Council and the Chair of the new Regional Water Supply Task Force joining us on the line there. And if you've been tuning in and out of local media over the past couple of weeks, you may be fooled to think that the only thing making news at the moment is the current water issue and what you could call an ongoing crisis. But believe it or not, there is other news happening both here locally and nationally and our next guest is here to tell us all about it. Joining us uh, live on the line uh, as he does always is the Minister for Innovation and Better Regulation, Kevin Anderson. How are you today? G'day, Tim. G'day, Jack. Mate, that, it's really good of you to give your time again. Uh, it's great to get the updates from you. The building regulations and uh, the certifiers, uh, big issue for you at the moment. Um, can you talk us through where you're up to with any changes? Yeah, so this pretty much relates to high-rise uh, in and around uh, metropolitan Sydney. So there's been an issue with um, certifiers uh, who have been hit with uh, significant claims against them on the back of faulty buildings, and that's pushed their uh, insurance premiums through the roof. So it's been very difficult for certifiers to get insurance. What I've managed to do is uh, to get an exemption for certifiers who do not work on those high-rise and who do not work on buildings that have flammable cladding, which is a substance now banned 
on building and construction in New South Wales. So, and that was pretty much uh, for our regional certifiers who don't work in that space. And I, I thought it was um, very necessary to put some safeguards in for them. Otherwise, they would not be able to do any work because they would not be able to get insurance. So um, we've got exemptions uh, for them. So they will be able to continue to certify buildings uh, across regional New South Wales and indeed uh, in the metro areas. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a huge problem uh, and and one that we're continuing to work on. Speaking of problems, Kevin, something that uh, caught my eye over the week is Queensland has addressed the problem of uh, apprenticeship numbers falling, and they're starting to give out free apprenticeships for people under the ages of 21. Uh, do we do something similar here in New South Wales, or is there potential to maybe look at that? Great to see Queensland looking over the border to see how the great state of New South Wales does it. Um, so we've, uh, we've got 100,000 free apprenticeships and traineeships uh, on offer in New South Wales, uh, as well as the smart and skilled uh, subsidised courses to promote uh, young people, to promote those who want a changing career, to promote those who, and assist those who want to upskill, uh, to you know, continue down that career path. So we're already getting on with that job. Uh, great to see even in our area, uh, Gunnedah TAFE uh, have 32 new courses uh, that came online late last year and um, enrolments in Gunnedah are going through the roof, particularly in construction, carpentry, engineering and so on, and aged care uh, and childcare. So, you know, we're getting on with it of, uh, of providing opportunities for others uh, uh, to better themselves and, um, you know, live and train locally and work locally. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good space and it's a good thing because uh, you, you can never have enough tradies and it's a good option, alternative to university study as well, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. You know, not everybody, Tim, wants to go to university and, no. and uh, some of my richest mates are tradies and, you know, and if you, if you think about uh, what they do, whether they be plumbers, electricians or whatever, you know, it's a, it's a very, very worthwhile and satisfying career. So you don't have to go to university to... Uh, um, to get a good job, you can be a, a tradie and and uh, and and uh, you know really make ends meet. Yeah, look, you can. And the other one, I mean, that um, in that space with training, which um, and cutting across your portfolio, I think, is the racing one. Where rumour has it that Racing New South Wales at the moment don't have a training provider in, in the partnership for their apprentice jockeys after the first of July. Um, are you aware of that? So Racing New South Wales had a partnership with TAFE. Yeah. Uh, to do their racing industry training, and that, whether that be uh, horse husbandry, whether it be uh, you know in and around stables, safe handling with working with horses, uh, training riding with jockeys, and so on. And uh, TAFE were undertaking those courses. Uh, TAFE had a few challenges earlier in the year in terms of their uh, qualifications with ASQA, which is uh, the Australian Standards Qualifications Association at a national level. And I understand they've sorted that out with Racing New South Wales. I had a meeting uh, with Racing New South Wales and uh, the Minister, uh, Jeff Lee, just the other week. And uh, we're hoping that that's all sorted and they can get on with the business of of getting uh, people uh, properly skilled to enter the racing industry. Yeah, no, that's great to hear because obviously, Tim, I think the central country racing in the northern part of the state, it would have been a, a, a great worry to a number of trainers or people starting to enter the industry, that's all. 
Yeah, absolutely, and and that's the thing. You know, we want people to to come into the racing industry, and whether it be, you know, through a uh, a tape course, or whether it be indentured, uh, you know, uh, to a stable or a trainer, more to the point. You know, we want them to get involved. It's an exciting industry to be in, and and uh, the more people that uh, can have that pathway to get involved, the better. Awesome. Well, uh, it's great, and it's also fantastic to see a couple of local trainers going really well on the scene at the moment, Kevin. Oh, Cody Morgan's going through the roof. You know, this bloke is uh, this bloke is is just a uh, he's one out of the box and. And uh, he's doing some really good things. He's very highly respected. He's getting good media write up as well. And and uh, you know he's uh, he's one of the shining lights and in the racing industry. And to come out of Tamworth, it's fantastic. Cody might be putting our area on the map in racing, but Kevin, one thing that puts this area on the map big time is Agquip, not too far away. Now it's great to see a full house again this year. As the minister for innovation in particular, what type of things would you like to see at Agquip this year? Certainly, like to see uh, uh, further innovation in uh, the agricultural space about um, how to get uh, the most return uh, from your uh, crops, uh, the uh, better efficiencies in terms of using water, um, how to maximise the return on your spend on farm, and you know the beauty about agricultural research and development is they are always looking at better ways of doing things, you know, whether it be through crops, you know, uh, maximising uh, 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 the control of diseases on their crops, whether it be upgrading their equipment, inefficiencies, and certainly uh, looking at uh, some of the ways that uh, agriculture can be cutting edge on the front of technology. So AgQuip always does that, has the best and brightest, and it's going to be a cracker again, I think. And it's also great to see the Rural Relief Precinct uh, on that map as well, Kevin. Yeah, look, absolutely. And, you know, and here we are in, in the worst drought in recorded history and uh, AgQuip still has a full house. So it's great to see that, and I firmly believe that the um, drought relief funds that the state government's put in, and at this point it's about $1.6 billion dollars, um, people are accessing that and still getting on with the job while water is very scarce and fodder is very scarce. They're finding innovative ways of keeping their business operating uh, through diversification. And if we can assist in that, then, you know, I think it's a great thing to see. And sometimes in crisis, you see some of the best technologies emerge. Mate, the other thing out at Agquip, if I remember correctly, is that um, occasionally you've been known to make the odd steak sandwich. Is that going to happen again this year? <laughs> well, look, I, you know, we've got to thank Tease. Uh, in Tamworth for our steaks. Uh, I think they already, uh, they're generally um, cryovacked for six weeks before they hit our barbecue plate at Aquip. They are absolutely beautiful. And But uh, unfortunately, um, I won't be at Aquip this year. I'm uh, oh. pretty upset about that. It's the first time in 11 years that I will have missed Aquip. Um, Parliament is sitting uh, that week and uh, I've been trying to get leave, but uh, just can't get leave. And, you know, that's like any business. If the boss says, no, you can't take leave, you're required to work, then that's what you've got to do. And, and unfortunately, um, no leave in Parliament being granted uh, during AgQuip. So I won't be there, but uh, certainly the states will. Uh, I guess the silver line to that cloud is I look forward to watching a clip of Parliament on the news at night and seeing them all sitting in there having a steak sandwich, Kevin. 
Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent, Jack. Thanks again, Kev, for joining us on the podcast Two TM. Good on you guys. Thanks, and we'll talk to you real soon. Thanks, yeah, mate. Good to see you, mate. Well, that was great, and um, just a couple of other things going on around the region, Jack, that I know of. Um, close to your home, there's a pipeline down your way? Yeah, fantastic to see. We always talk about how tough we're doing it with water restrictions, Tim, but the Murundi residents, they've been in the strictest level of water restrictions for more than a year now, but great to see that construction has begun on the 40-kilometre water pipeline from Scone to Murundi. The pipeline is due to be completed by next year, and it's estimated to cost $14.2 million, but that's fantastic news for the Murundi residents who I think it's safe to say have probably done it the toughest out of everybody in our area. Yeah look and uh, I think there's lots of pipelines though isn't there I mean you've got the one in Armidale so if you're starting a business anything to do with water pipelines is probably a good one to go into. A fantastic one to go into and I tell you what if you're going to hurt yourself it's not a bad time to do it because the Westpac Rescue helicopter will be surely full of fuel and ready to do a couple more runs because the uh, drover's run has just returned to Tamworth and it's great to see they raised more than 200 $145,000 uh, incredible effort yeah look but I think um, last time I checked and it was a long time ago so it was about 3000 odd dollars an hour to run the helicopter so that's literally 80 hours of flying time give or take um, it's a it's a very uh, expensive item we need to support it obviously and uh, they're trying to make sure it doesn't cost us anything if we ever need it and it's incredible to think that when you do run the figures of how much it costs just to keep in the air for a couple of minutes the fact that they still don't charge and that's a a true testament to Westpac and all the great things they do to support it but the amount of businesses that support the service here in town locally is just fantastic as well. Yeah look a lot of community giving a lot of workplaces do giving I know during through our workplace that we do that and good support there it's a volunteer thing you can either give or not give uh, and lots of people do so it's uh, see what happens going forward with workplace giving it's going to get a bit tighter Water is going to be an issue. People are going to think about water. And uh, we'll just quickly, speaking of the Westpac Rescue Helicopter Workplace, I hear it's a very safe one off the back of their award at the Business Chamber Awards last week. Yeah, wouldn't you be worried if they hadn't won that award though? Yeah, you probably would, to be honest. Uh, what a fantastic awards night it was. We'll quickly mention that. More than 800 people in the trek after another tough year, but wow. Well, I think just night. as professional MCs, though, you and I, the quality of one of those MCs. I mean, Anna Mulder did a fantastic job. Um, but she had to carry someone else. <laughs> she did. Uh, well, to be honest, uh, that was all she had to carry because the rest of the night looked after itself. That yeah. was Sky Angels, a fantastic display from all the businesses and a true testament to the uh, Tamworth Business Chamber. Well, Tim, that just about wraps us up for another week of the 2TM News podcast. I wish your mushies all the best in the next couple of weeks, some big games if they want to play finals footy. Not my mushies, mate, but I'm sure I can pass it on to someone. <laughs> Please do, Tim. Well, that wraps us up for another episode of the 2TM News Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us and we look forward to doing it all next week. All thanks to Supersteel Tamworth. This is the 2TM News Podcast with Jack Howard and Tim Coates. Thanks to Supersteel. If it's happened in the news over the last week, you'll hear Jack and Tim discuss it right here on the 2TM News Podcast. Thanks to Supersteel Tamworth, providing quality steel products, excellent customer service along with cutting, bundling and prompt delivery. There's steel and then there's Supersteel. Thank you